sex talk. Derek Miley, cause sexuality is tough. And okay, sexist isn't good enough. No, sex talk with Derek Miley. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Sex Talk with Erica Miley. Erica Miley here. <laughs> it's good to be back with you all this week here for a solo episode coming back at you. So this week, I really wanted to talk about sex and the brain, that big sex organ that we have that's not between our legs. It's right on the very top of our bodies. And it is really the largest sex organ that we have. So I'm going to talk a little bit about the benefits that sex has to offer us and also kind of what sex can do to our brain and some maybe a little bit surprising things, things that I think surprise me a little bit when they've done research, not only on humans, but of rats, because we psychologists do lots of experiments on rats. (laughs) Funny enough, of course, I was a psych major. And what we did, we put on top of our hats. So you get your fun little flat hat, right? That probably has a fun name that I don't know. (laughs) We put rubber rats on top of our hats, the entire psych department did, and they squeaked. So when we were walking up to the stage, we were squeaking our rats. Yeah, I know. Silly. Fun. It was fun. I'm just saying. (laughs) So on to sex in the brain. Sex makes us feel good. I mean, duh, right? (laughs) The pleasure we get from sex, it, it really is largely due to the release of dopamine, which is a neurotransmitter that activates the reward center of the brain. So you have this great center of the brain that is pretty much its function is reward, and I think that's pretty cool. I, th- I think probably throughout this episode, I'm going to st- sound like a giant nerd. But, oh, well. <laughs> so this is one of the biggest reasons we are so eager to search for partners. It's a huge payoff for us in our brain. We have this, again, this center of our brain that is built for rewarding us with pleasure. So evolution has created a powerful encouragement. Powerful encouragement to seek out sex. Other things that can encourage this part of the brain, chocolate, caffeine, nicotine, other drugs. But that part of the brain is pretty, it's pretty marvelous to us. We seek out a lot of pleasure. And even when we're talking about other ways to like encourage ourselves to do things, oftentimes if we can tap into this center of our brain, we're much, much more likely to do the thing if we can find some sort of reward in it. Also, that being said, sex impacts our mood. If our brain is experiencing those good feeling chemicals, the result is an overall increase of well-being. Just generally, your entire life, not just your mood right then in the moment, but that actually goes in throughout the rest of the day and into the days following, which I think is pretty neat. Also, regular sex calms you the hell down and (laughs) your brain likes it. (laughs) The link between an elevated, okay, I'm going to use some crazy words and I'm probably not going to say them right. glucortitoid levels basically changes the hippocampal structure. So there's a part of your brain that is called the hippocampus. And the function 
of that hippocampus is basically it helps us monitor and manage different kinds of hormone levels. That includes stress hormone levels. They basically, it helps us send messages on how to manage those things throughout our body. Now, that being said, there's typically when we tap into any of those types of chemicals, it can actually cause problems for the brain. But in this study, they found, and I'm going to post all of these studies in the show notes. So you, if you are interested in, um, well, laughing at me because I can't say the words, but also <laughs> so that you can actually see what I'm talking about, that the hippocampus actually responds positively to acute sexual experiences with enhanced cell proliferation. So what that means is basically when our brains experience chemical stress of any kind, usually that creates cell degradation or a reduction in cells or damaging of cells. Sex does not do that. Sex actually is the other, it's the other end of the spectrum. It is a positive for our brain and it increases cell production which is so cool. <laughs> that is such a that is such a cool thing that we can not only help our partners do, <laughs> but we can do it ourselves. So, again, I'll post that these fun studies in the show notes so that you can look at them and the links that I will share, they actually have the full study. It's not just an abstract. So the way that they talk about sexual experience, they'll talk about it in this study. They say chronic sexual experience no longer produced an increase in corticotesterone levels, but continued to promote adult neurogenesis and stimulate the growth of dendritic spines and dendritic architecture. So what that means, let's break down the jargony words. <laughs> Basically, it increased the chemical levels, but continued to promote neurogenesis, so brain growth, and stimulated the growth of how the structures of the brain are built, if that makes sense. And I like how they call it chronic sexual experience. I think that's really interesting. It's like when I think of chronic, I think of like chronic pain or something that's long term. And they're just they're just using it as that, like somebody who has sex for over a period of time. So moving on, the other piece of this study, they suggest that the rewarding experience not only buffers against the brain breaking down. They use the word deleterious actions, I'm like, wow, all the words, of early elevated glucortitoids, but actually promotes neuronal growth and reduces anxiety. So the important bit here is that it creates brain growth and reduces anxiety. That's super cool. That sounds like a little bit like a superpower. Next. Sex encourages sleep, especially in male-bodied folks. So this, I think, is really important because we generally, when we have something that's not going right for our brain, we often struggle to get to sleep, to maintain sleep. So oftentimes clients that I have or family, friends, they will 
struggled to get to sleep, stay to sleep, and get really, really frustrated because I, I can't get to sleep, but I'm dealing with depression, I'm dealing with anxiety, whatever it is. This study that I believe was completed in 2012 found that men in particular, so male-bodied people, experience a refractory period. So the basically the period after sex that is longer, and they typically cannot be aroused again. And you're probably asking, okay, what does this have to do with sleep? I'll get there. I promise. Women-bodied folks don't seem to have this strong refractory period. In this study, what they did was they did scans of the brain and found that the prefrontal cortex, that front part of your brain that's in the front part of your forehead, actually shuts off or switches off in men's brains. And this process is related to the release of the chemicals such as oxytocin and serotonin, which are feel-good chemicals, but they are also sleep-inducing chemicals. So in men's brains you're more likely to experience sleepiness. Women, they found this in women as well, that women get a sense of tiredness, but it's just not as strong as male brains. So again, I put this study in the show notes so that you can take a look at it. And so you can see like all of the participants and all of the things like that. It's really, it's really fascinating. All of the connections that this study made to the brain and the body and why or why not we do these things before and after sex. So what is the takeaway? The takeaway really, I think, and the most important part of this is that understanding that you wanting to have sex and wanting to connect with that person, your brain really, really encourages you to do that. This is important to understand because we often culturally place so much shame around sex and our bodies. We are actually fighting our physical want to stimulate that reward center. It's a powerful, powerful reward center that we have in our brain. It's a powerful, powerful thing that we can do to ourselves and with our partners. And from what we can tell from what science has shown us as of today, that we are encouraged to have sex, to be connected to others and ourselves in this way. And that the creation of shame and the barriers that we put on sex and we put on sex to others is merely that. It is a creation of culture. And the thing that we can do to change that is have these conversations like this one, but also encourage each other to be talking about this, shedding light on this conversation, and to keep having these conversations. And that science supports the more that we can see the data, the more that we can see the information, the more that we can see what the brain is actually doing, the more we can fight the stigma that we have with sex as a whole. So that's all I got for you folks today. If you have questions, I am happy to answer them. Hit me up on any of the socials, especially Instagram. I've been doing a lot of stuff over there. And on Instagram, I'm Erica Miley Therapy. You can also find my website, which is ericamiley.com. You can shoot me an email at erica at ericamiley.com. 
I'm happy to jump on and into Messenger, especially on Facebook. I get a lot of Facebook messages with people with their questions, and I'm definitely happy to be there. Please, if you are an iTunes user or a podcast user that it uses the Apple app, jump on there and give us a review and five-star it up. I'd be happy to shout you out on the podcast. So I hope you all have a wonderful week. Have a great day. Thanks for listening, folks. Please rate and review on iTunes. It helps this podcast get found. If you leave a five-star review, let me know about it on any social media, and I'll shout you out on the podcast. You can find my website at ericamiley.com. You can find me on Facebook, the gram, and Twitter. See y'all next time.